Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Whew. I'm going to give a short message today because I've gone a while. We're preparing those of you that know. We are. We made the decision as a ministry to go back to our two mornings, two services on a Sunday morning schedule starting the first weekend of June. And so starting in the first weekend of June, you will have the opportunity. You can come to an 830 service for those of you that like the early service. Or you can come to an 1115 for those of you that, were, that want a little bit more sleep, whatever you prefer. We, never, we always saw, you never knew which one was the more full one, and it was what it was. Today I want to talk to you about living out your destiny. The Bible says, following the, that the Lord directs the steps of the godly. We just read it in Psalm chapter 37. Fate is where a person believes that ultimately fate has, you know, whatever expected in or whatever written in, you're going to wind up regardless of any choices you make in life. And that is not the way Scripture shows that God has given us our lives. God has meticulously laid out before us choices. His word says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, if you want to turn there, verse 11, for this commandment which I command you today is it's not too mysterious for you. Deuteronomy 30 verse 11, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it, nor is is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart that you may do it. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, and and, and in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Now we know scripturally that the promise to Israel has become the promise to everybody that chooses to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we understand that Abraham was the father of But Jesus came and brought the gift to every single, the Gentiles, us being many of us Gentiles. Every promise you read in the scripture for the chosen people of God is now a promise that is written for you and for I. And Jesus says very clearly that to every person here under the sound of my voice, God has set before you each and every day good and evil, life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose the right thing and you will have the blessing of the Lord. How many people realize that sin has consequences? How many people realize that when you turn your back on God, there's a price tag attached to turning your back on the Lord? That you can serve the enemy and it may be good for a while, but it's not that good over time. But I'm not going to talk about sin today. I'm going to talk about following your destiny. How do you follow your destiny? One of the greatest things the Lord showed me throughout the course of my life is how much He respects and honors your free will. God never, we've been talking about even last week, the double-minded and the single-mindedness, which applies to anything with God, but in the particular sense of being used in the gifts of the Spirit. That God will never force a person to prophesy. God will never force a person to lay hands on the sick. That you have to be a willing vessel to choose, to lend yourself to what God wants to do, and then God will Pour through a person that is willing. God always looks for willing people. It is the willing and the obedient that will eat the good of the land. Your destiny is good. Shout good. Good. 
God's destiny for your life is not one of hardship, pain. He says, I have a plan for you, and that plan is to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a great future. Amen. One of the first key things we say when soul winning is, do you know, has anyone ever told you that God has a plan for your life, and that plan is your destiny? God has written down the best life imaginable for you and for I. But he doesn't tell us the whole life. He gives us, he lets us choose it day by day following after him. So how do I stay on the course of life where God's destiny is what I see? Raised in Tennessee on a dairy farm, I always had a passion to travel. I wanted to see the world. I wanted to go somewhere where people knew someone that could plug me into the social pipeline. A couple of people knew that. And I never went anywhere because I lived on a dairy farm. So I remember how excited I was when we would cross the Kentucky state line to go to a farm auction, you know, and I'd be like, I'm in Kentucky. Who gets excited about that? You know your life is desperate when Kentucky is exciting. If you're from Kentucky, I'm just teasing. Making fun of Tennessee one time and we got a bad review because I made fun of my own home state. I mean, people just can't appreciate comedy anymore. And I remember following the voice of the Lord, going to Bible college, hearing his voice, being led there, saying yes along the way, learning, growing the progress that, that God put me through, the process that God put me through. And then having the opportunity to go to South Africa for the first time. And then now I've been to 22, 23 nations. God opened doors and it's like, I didn't even try. Like just a couple weeks from now, we're going back to Paris. But this time, not as vacation, I've been asked to minister in a church in Paris and to be the commencement speaker at a graduating Bible college there. It's a big deal for me. It was actually something I asked from the Lord. You know, I don't need recognition of men, but Lord, I believe that that's a big thing when you ask that of people. That's you saying you've reached a place in life that you should be speaking into the next generation that's coming up. And, and the Lord has opened that door. And I'm, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. So it means a lot. How do you walk in destiny? Number one, don't follow fools. Hear me. People that lose their destiny are people that follow foolish people. A fool is not always someone that is quiet in the corner that looks goofy. Sometimes a fool can be well-dressed, charismatic, and smooth-talking. You have to distinguish a fool is by the fruit that they produce long-term in their life. Fruit will reveal itself in a fool's life. Read Proverbs about what it says about a fruit. Proverbs chapter 26, I believe. I might read it just a bit so you know it's, it's actually in the Scripture. But you don't want to be a fool. But you're a fool. The Bible says, Blessed are those that don't follow after scorners or mockers, which are foolish people. Don't follow after people that mock God. But Proverbs 26, Honor is no more associated with fools than snow with summer or rain with harvest. A fool is someone that doesn't honor anything. They don't honor the kingdom of God. They don't honor wise counsel. They don't honor people that paid a price that went before them. They're always arrogant and full of pride. They think that they're better than everybody. And ultimately, this type of attitude, foolish people cut themselves off from the things of God. As a child of God, have the foresight 
to really investigate the fruit a person produces. You find a video online that says, this is not of God. Well, follow and research the person. If they've been in six marriages, if their life is one catastrophe after another one, is that someone you want to follow? No, you want to follow someone who has a trajectory of life that you can look back for decades and see God's hand has been with them. God remains upon their life. If the glory of God resides on a person's life long term, that's a person you want to listen to. And Pastor Antonio is going to write a book, The Art of Shutting Your Mouth, right? The Art of Shutting Up. There are, I'm telling you this, grab this. There are many rooms I get into that I don't say anything. I sit down and I listen because I'm in a room full of people that have built things for the kingdom of God, that have stayed true to the call of God, that still have their wife by their side, that still have kids that love the Lord, and I want what you've produced. So I want to follow you, and I want to hear what you have to say. That's wisdom. Amen? Don't follow fools. Like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse will not land on its intended victim. Guide a horse with a whip, a donkey with a bridle, and a fool with a rod to his back. Now, I want to read this one to you just to show you how difficult it is dealing with the foolishness of this world. Proverbs 26, verse 4. Don't answer the foolish arguments of fools or you will become as foolish as they are. Next scripture, though, read this. Be sure to answer the foolish arguments of the fools or they will become wise in their own estimation. What do you take from that? Am I supposed to not answer or am I supposed to answer? Proverbs has actually shown you that every time you get entangled with a fool, you always lose. Always. If you try and correct them, then you wind up becoming foolish with them. If you don't correct them, then they just remain conceited and prideful and think that they know what they're doing. Anyway, run away from fools. Decide right now, I refuse to be a foolish person. Amen. What did Job say to his woman? You talk like a foolish person when she came and challenged the things of God. Don't be a fool. Don't follow after sinners. Don't follow after mockers. Don't follow after foolish people. As a child of God, those are the people you don't follow. You minister to from a distance, but you pull out from among them, and that is no longer your clan. That is not your friends. That is not your close group. Those are people you pray for, you intercede for, you pour out as much as you can into, but you don't let their problems become your problems. And you don't entangle your life with them. And you don't follow foolish people. There's a destiny, a God-given destiny on your life that he has handwritten from the foundation of time. Do not throw the goodness of God out because you want to follow a fool. You want to find a fool? Look at Hollywood. Look at all the pop artists. Look at these people. They are foolish people. That will uh, uh, that their lives have a price tag attached to it. I'm going to hit it today. I can just tell it right now. And I'm not. But just because they have 8 million followers on Instagram does not mean I want to be a part of a movement they're a part of. You're bought and paid for. Someone gave you a million dollars to say that. And if they gave me a million dollars to say that, I would burn the million dollars and say your money 
perish with you because the anointing and the plan of God on my life is worth more than the money that you have to bribe me. I am not a fool. This life is but a vapor, people. It's but a vapor. You think you got all the time in the world. Let me tell you something. Everybody in here, no man knows the day Christ will come. And that day could be tomorrow for some of us. You don't know when that day comes. So you decide today, I will not be a fool and throw away the goodness of God and the destiny of God that he has for my life to chase after foolish people. I don't care if a large crowd of people are with them. Don't idolize people that have stuff. Follow people that follow Christ. Amen. Amen. They're not some of the wisest people in your life are not the people that have the most followers or the most money sometimes. Now, wisdom leads to finances, but you've got to pursue that. Some people don't even care. Wisdom is to follow and honor the Word of God all the days of your life. Wisdom is to seek the Lord. Promotion, a job. Here's promotion. Seek and ask the Lord. Is that the job that you go for? Is there another that you should wait for? Fools can look the part, but the fruit they produce will reveal themselves. You have a destiny. Don't throw it away following foolish things. America has turned to a fool right now. We look like a fool to the nations of the world. But I am not a foolish person. And though there might be fools in America, there are still wise people in America too. There are righteous in America. So God is not through with this land. And we will get the last laugh. Come on, somebody. The devil doesn't win. But we stay the course, and we don't, we don't sell our souls to anybody just because they talk the talk or look like it. Nope, don't follow a fool. Be wise. Secondly, you want to lose your destiny? Keep carrying that spirit of entitlement. Our generation, mine I can speak of, and the ones coming up after us, have such a spirit of entitlement upon them. They don't understand the cost of things. They don't understand the process of things. They, they want what their grandparents worked their whole life to have, and they want it right now. Yeah. Well, you haven't paid the price for it. Yeah. And you're not entitled to anything that you don't actually produce scripturally. Yeah. You've got to stand for that. That's character. Yeah. Character is not to say, everybody else will just give it to me, and I'll just have it all. No, I have got to get up with what God has given me, Put my hand to a plow, not turn back. Have faithfulness and stay the long game, and then I will produce something. Amen. And I'll say this. I have seen a lot of people, and I'm, I'm not, man, I'm, I always seem like I'm so much on reproving. I want to encourage you today. I'm not trying to. But if you want to go in ministry, don't be so foolish as to think you can just go in ministry. Right. If you wanted to be a doctor, I hope you wouldn't just go rent a facility here <laughs> and say, I'm a doctor. Come on in, bro. I got sharp tools. I got some pills over here. A little bit of rubbing alcohol right here. It's good. It's good. Lay down on the table. Let's see what's going wrong. And hopefully, nobody would go to that doctor. I don't care how good of a deal it is. It's the same with ministry. There's a, just like anything, if you want to do something with excellence, show yourself serious by going to be trained in that matter 
sit under people, serve ministries, go to Bible college, get doctrine form, form, formally planted in you, get these things burnt out, processes, ambition. You can't go in ministry with ambition. If you go in ministry with ambition, you will always have a price tag attached to you, and it will never be a pure stream. You cannot go in ministry because I have ambition to stand in front of people. You go in ministry because you have died to yourself a thousand times. You've given everything God has ever asked, and he asked a lot, and you kept giving, and then finally he's like, there, now you have nothing to lose. Come and follow me. And you're like, really? Why? I am but a worm. Perfect. I was looking for a worm to get the job done. You can get in places no one can get into. And when people stomp on you, you just pop back up and keep slithering. Jesus. But there's a, the spirit of entitlement is a very serious thing. People come in and they want everything instantly. You go into a, a business and you want instant promotion. You've got to earn that promotion. Say, man, I'm, I've got favor. I'm just going to have it. Well, what about the person that's worked faithfully for that company five years before you? I don't care how much favor is on your life. If that person is a hard worker and a righteous person then or, or good in that, they deserve the promotion before you deserve a promotion. I'm just saying these things because you want to break you want to you wanna break the destiny God has for your life and get off track? It's following a spirit of entitlement that I can have it instantly right now. Destiny, the things God has laid up for you to have, there's always character process building in between. Before you get to the promised land, you've got to go through the wilderness, people. Now, you, it's following the things God has in your life that you're like, okay, I'm in this position I'm going to get everything I can from you, God. I'm following your voice, and I'm allowing you to work within me so that when I get there, I'm prepared to be there. I've said it this way before. If you reach for too high a height before you're ready for it, you have a much further place to fall. And man can promote, and God can promote. Do not allow man to promote you before your time. Trust the Lord. Hide in the shadow of the Almighty. And when the good Lord promotes you, and it's a different promotion... It's almost like he, he just everything comes to pass, and before long you're standing in that place. If it's God that promoted you, he has done the work on the inside that was necessary for you to stand where you're standing. Amen. 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 Trust that. Do not let the spirit of entitlement just dominate your life. It's mine. I need it. Everything is mine. No, you get what you pay the price for. It's, 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 it's literally allowing the pruning of God. Go to John chapter 15 concerning this. Everything has a process, people. If you believe that everything is instantly available to you, and people do that in the church. They got saved last Sunday, and today they're an apostle. Because, Pastor Caleb, you said all these things are available. It is all available in the Word, but there's still a process and a wisdom that you grow in. We prophesy, we pray, and we preach strongly to build in you the character and the understanding of the kingdom of God and what is made available, but there's still a process you're going through. What do you think John chapter 15, verse 1 is speaking of? When he says, I'm the true grapevine, and my father's the gardener, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes, shout prunes, prunes, the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. 
You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. If you believe that everything is just you can have it right away, then what is pruning for? What is growth for? If you believe in a spirit of entitlement that you get it right now, then you have cut off the ability to grow. And hear me with this, because there's a message where people say, I don't have to change for people to love me, but you may have to change for your own self to love you. And you change is growth. So if you double down, then I will never change. What you're saying is I'm stubborn and I will no longer go through a process to produce greater fruit in my life. I choose to remain where I am today, God, and you can do nothing about it. That's what you're saying. And God says, all right, I love you. I've always loved you. The church loves you. Your parents love you. Your friends love you. We love you, bro. But you're the one that has stubbornly pigeonholed yourself, keeping yourself back from a greater destiny God has because you won't go through the fire. Go through the fire and let the pruning process of God do a work on the inside of you to make you a vessel of honor, the Bible says. You know, the Bible says in 2 Timothy, therefore, if a man, in a house there are many vessels, some of honor, some of dishonor, some that are clay and wooden for dishonorable purposes, but some that are gold and silver for honorable purposes. And it says, therefore, if a man, therefore, if a man, who's the one? A man purifies himself, he will become a vessel of honor. That's up to me. You get that? Therefore, if a man purifies himself, that's a process. That's a pruning. That's a search me, oh God. Do a work in the inside of me. Let me get it right for you, God. The last thing I want to do is miss what you have for me. I don't want to get to heaven and hear halfway done. I want to hear, enter into the goodness of the Lord, thy good and faithful servant. I want to hear that I've done what God told me to do. The spirit of entitlement cuts you off from many things. The Bible talks about maturity. Allowing patience to have a work on the inside of you that basically you become perfect or mature. That's a process, people. I'm under a process. I'll tell you, and I always say everything. I'll tell you that I have winced looking back on things that I have done in the ministry. Where I'm like, oh, I cannot believe I did that. What was I thinking? I was so stupid, so naive, so moronic, so arrogant, so prideful. Jesus, how do you ever do anything with me? And he whispers, it's tough. <laughs> but I can do all things. Trust me, son, don't follow anybody else because they can't do anything with you. It takes a miracle-working God to do something with you. Okay, God, I'm following. <laughs> Listen back to messages I preach and been like, oh, my God. False prophet. Get thee behind me, Satan. And just for the record, the same man that was said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, 
For this has been revealed to you by the Lord in heaven. And upon this rock I'll build the church. About four scriptures later, he said, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> People are like, I don't need to go through a process. Oh, you do. <laughs> oh, you do, because you can turn just like that. Be like, halo in here, and walk out the door, and suddenly you're like, ah. How did I switch so quick? Because you, 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 you're disrupting the process, bro. <laughs> and part of the process is paying for the price, paying the price of your own mistakes. Where God doesn't just bail you out. He's like, all right, now you've got to walk through what you produce. And then you're going to learn a lesson. I am learning a lesson. I learned a lesson. I don't ever want to go through that ever again, God. Third way you can, do, you can destroy the destiny for your life. Poor stewardship. Not stewarding what God gives you. Poor stewardship will be a destiny killer for sure. You can't spend everything. You can't throw everything away. You can't, you can't underproduce in life. You are responsible to discipline yourself to be a steward of whatever God gives you. His promise is simple. That He is prepared to give more than you can receive. Which means God is saying... The more you go through a process and develop yourself in life and produce something that I can bless, I am actually prepared to give more than you'll ever be able to produce. That's what Scripture is saying. I stand at ready to always give excessively beyond what you're even capable of receiving. No matter what you've built, I can do more, God says. But that's, that is understanding stewardship. You th take the tithe alone. The tithe is not just give God 10%. It's give God the first 10% of all of your increase. It's God calling you to accountability. Okay, I've, I did this, I did this. I made money with Royal Caribbean stock. What's the tithe? What was the increase that you made when you bought to when you sold? Now I've got to take that tithe and I've got to bring it to the Lord first. Amen. So God is saying, put me number one in your life and stand as a good steward over everything I give you so that you actually know what I've given you. Got quiet in this Presbyterian church. Jesus, light the eternal flame. Where did it go? Can't believe we let the fire go out. <laughs> and I know, I'm not trying to beat people up. I hope that I'm not. I'm telling you. If the more, and even what you have right now, if you begin to just lay out, write down what God gives you every single day, write down these things and watch all that is coming through you. There are rivers, there are streams, there's goodness flowing into your life that it's just you got to recognize it. And when you recognize it and you know it, then it produces in you what he said, your vats will overflow with new wine. It actually produces joy. And you're like, my God, look at what the Lord has been doing in my life. I didn't even realize it. He, I mean, he gave me this. He gave me that. He gave me this. He hooked me up with this. He took me to that. He gave me lunch the other day. And you realize, man, God's with me every day of my life. He doesn't just reserve his goodness to something big. He's actually doing many things every day that are good in my life. Amen. The goodness of God is evident if a person just stewards well what God has given them. Steward it. To the best of your ability. And that's a process too. Where you're going to make mistakes. And when you make the mistakes, they cost you. And you realize, shouldn't have done that. Anybody ever had those mistakes? Steward it well. Time. Poor stewardship of time. A lot of people don't understand the value of their time. 
Every billionaire that walks on planet Earth has the exact same amount of time given in any day that you have. Every millionaire does. Every successful marriage has the same amount of time in each and every day that you have. So the question is, are they just utilizing and stewarding their time better than you? Stewarding your energy. That's a fun one too, right? So you may have time, but you're just dragging and you're tired. You've got to steward how much energy. What is, your, what is taking your energy right now? You said yes to 700 things this season. You're the soccer mom. You're the bake spell specialist. You, you're, you're sewing uniforms. You're making patches. You're producing cookies. You're wrapping presents for the year. You're doing so many things. And you get home and you're like, Ugh. you're so tired. You're like a zombie. And your kid says, mommy, can I have a chocolate milk? And you're like, go to bed. Because you have not stewarded your energy very well. Suddenly mom turned into something from, you know, like an 80s movie, like the labyrinth. That's a killer of your destiny. Or you're too tired to do it. You're too tired to show up what you needed to show up at. So you missed it. Because you said yes to too many things. Stewarding your life is sometimes learning the value of a no. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Can't do that right now. Would love to, but not right now. You got to stay focused on what I'm doing. Double-minded, single-minded. Nope, this is my single focus. This is the season that I'm in, and I'm going to do this with excellence, and I'm not going to run myself ragged, and I'm going to recognize, man, God will produce in my life everything that I can't get to. He will cover my back if I do this well. Amen. Is this helping anybody today? You have a destiny, man. It's a good, good destiny, and it can start or it can mature at any stage of your life. God doesn't write a person off at all, ever. God uses people well into their years to do many great, great things. Now, the next thing, a destiny killer, to lose your destiny, one of the first things, or main, main things, I should say, is heart issues. Heart issues are the thing, the number one killer of your destiny. It's like jealousy, pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, offense. These are all weapons constantly used in everybody's life. Look around the room. Everybody's life. Everybody's life. And you're in high school and you thought that the, you know, the successful rich girl that seemed like she had everything. No, nope. she was still dealing with insecurities in her heart. She was still dealing with doubts in her heart. Everybody in planet Earth goes through moments where they have to face jealousy they have to face their pride, their arrogance, their ignorance. They have to face the, the offense that wants to creep into their heart. They have to face these things. And how you face them determines whether or not this is something that writes you off forever or something that you overcome in your life and you come out the, better, the, out the other end better than you came into it. Hard issues are what the enemy uses to destroy the church, to destroy families to destroy marriages, to destroy everything that is pure towards God, a holy house, a holy family, a lineage, a legacy within a household that goes for multiple generations and a thriving kingdom of God on planet earth, advancing and working together. It's always heart issues that tear that apart. Always. It's not graphics. It's not lights. It's not chairs. We can all sit in uncomfortable chairs. We'll suck it up buttercup. It always comes down to a heart issue. Where people let little things in. 
And it gets in their heart. And if they start working with it and they, they meditate on this thing and they chew on this thing and they feed this thing within them until ultimately it's so big they can't see towards the other end. It tears apart many a good household, many a good marriage, many a good father-son, mother-daughter relationship. It tears apart businesses, businesses r- raking in money. Family feuds tear them apart and sends them all to, the, to poverty. If they just worked together, success was right there. They already had it. But no, heart issues. The enemy gets in and messes with you. Let me tell you something. You have to face it. These are the hidden sins of the church. Pride is the hidden sin of the church. Where it's like you've got to realize, Am I, I need to die to myself again. I thought I died enough, God. Okay. Dying again. Here I go. Watch me as I die. great it's one of those days destiny it's not easy it's not fun is it i'm forgiving someone that has done harshly to you and forgiveness isn't meaning restoring the relationship and bringing them back into your life always sometimes it is full restoration sometimes it's releasing them and getting out of that toxic thing if that person is refusing to change but you got to deal with these things. I always remember when, I, when we came to be pastors here, I remember studying churches, you know, what makes a church grow, what's the average church size, all of these things. And I just read this the other day, someone posted it. The average church size in America in 2021 still remains at 60 to 70 people per weekend. 60 to 70 people is the average church size in America. And that's taken into consideration you have mega churches. That are 5, 10, 20,000, some of them. 40, I don't know how big they get. Well, big, they get big. And so if it's 60 to 70, and I remember when I first came here, and I was, I, was, I was thinking about that, there's churches everywhere. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I'll never forget this lesson. He said, Caleb, many churches are started out of a place of offense. He said, every time, he said, that, that ministry, it, I will not let it grow. Because I don't breathe upon a place whose root is a fence. A church should only be started when the Spirit of the Lord, when Barnabas and Paul were separated out by the Holy Spirit and sent out by God. That's the difference. It's not, I didn't agree with the leadership, and I think I can do it better, so I'm going to go start a church. Dude, do not start a church unless the fear of God is on you. The Holy Ghost is like, put you through it. I mean, and this is just ministry. Don't do this in business. I don't like my plumbing boss. I'm going to start my own plumbing business, and it's going to be awesome. No, if you're starting it out of a fence, that's one thing if the person is wicked, corrupt, and stealing from people, and you're like, no, I'm going to carry honest principles, but then you've dealt with it, and you're not actually offended. You actually just said, no, that's not righteous, man, and you're grieved, and you move out to start something that is pure. There's a difference, but offense exists, and offense, the root word of offense means to pick up a burden or a rock which means you choose to pick up a weight in your life that you just didn't even have to pick up bending down picking it up here's my rock of offense and you don't deal with it and if you don't deal with it it doesn't matter what you walk away from trying to get away from that offense if you don't deal with it in your heart it remains And that's what I want you to know. You want to kill your destiny, don't deal with the internal heart conditions. 
Always, what is it going on in your heart? That's what the Bible talks about, judging people and not seeing the thing in your own eye. That's why Jesus said that. He's like, you got to deal with you. I'll deal with everybody else. You deal with you. And if you're willing to let me deal with you in the inner man, deep within you, let Christ dwell in your hearts. Let him in deep. Come on the inside of me, God. Pull to the surface the things I don't even want pulled to the surface that they might not remain in me anymore, but they come out and I get relief and I get delivered from it and I'm no longer carrying that. I'll tell you something. If someone's name causes you to twitch, you got some work to do in your heart. If a denomination is named and you're like, mm-hmm, yeah, you got some, you got something, regardless of what happens with them, you got to deal with your own heart. Come on, somebody. God will not bless something whose root is wrong. It's the root you're working on. Get the root right. And some roots have to be chopped down with an axe, burned in the fire, that a new pure one might grow up. Deal with these things. Amen. I hope this is blessing you. The Bible, the the gospel is summed up with love the Lord your God. Easy peasy, right? He first loves us. He's good all the time. He's gracious. He always forgives. He's always available. He always listens. If you can't love God... What's wrong with you? As the rapper said, you don't love God? What's wrong with you? I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? It's easy to love God. He's perfect. You know what I'm saying? Every time you go to him tired, he's gracious. Every time you go to him mad, he's patient. Every day, you're like, you're perfect. <laughs> but then he also said, but also love your neighbor. Whoa, Jesus. Hey, now. You, you looked at my neighbor? His mama don't even love him. You mean the labor on the left side, right? Not the right side. Ain't nobody loving the right side. My God. Skim right back over that. Go back to love God. That's right. Woo. Love you, God. Love your neighbor. I love you, God. Love your neighbor. I love you, God. Love your neighbor. I love you, God. You mean love that unforgiving, that horrible, terrible, prideful, arrogant, messed up, screwed up, ugly person? That one. How? Ah, I thought you'd never ask. The only way you'll ever love people is to let the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and fill you with a love that is from out of this world that transforms this world. It's the same love that opened up your heart and made you as a tough person ball like a baby in an altar it's always the beautiful thing like a biker with tattoos all over muscle tears down their cheek where they killed seven people in prison everybody's terrified of them and then they meet the love of god they're like i love you man god does that and we've had it who who testify you meet the love of god it don't matter how tough you are you're like it's not flowing Why'd you even wear a suit? Now you look ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Because the love of God breaks every barrier. Everything. Every wall around your heart, God gets right in there. And man, it just delivers you, fills you, 
joy, unspeakable, fear disappears. You can't be afraid of anything when someone so great loves you so perfect. I double dog dare the devil to show up at my house now. Daddy God's got my back. He loved me. But now you love people with that love. And that's where you, you go to the Lord. Help me, Lord. Be a person that loves and honors your church. Help me be a person that is respectful, kind, loves the world and the lost. And you am used to bring them in. Lastly, the last thing that destroys or cuts you off from your destiny is simply quitting. If you quit, if you quit too early, you quit because it's harder, you quit because it took too long, you just quit. Quitting, you know, the devil cannot defeat you at all. Scripturally, he cannot overcome you. You are the overcomer. He is the underdog beneath your feet, defeated forevermore, cursed to crawl on his belly. You tread on his face, you bruise his, he may bruise your heel, but you'll crush his head. That's what you walk in. The devil is defeated. Shout it with me. The devil, the devil is, a is a loser. And all the time, all the time. he's a loser. His destiny is to lose to me. Amen. So he can't beat you. He can't overcome you. He can't even ever cost the plan of God to stop on your life. There is nothing he possesses to do. The only thing he can do is he can annoy you. He can nag you. He can discourage you, and he can do his best to delay you, scripturally speaking. Those are all found in the Word. He can discourage, he can try to delay, he can try and get in your head, mess with you, annoy you, pound you, throw accusations against you, throw your past in your face, do everything he can, but he can never beat you. Only you can beat you by choosing to quit. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 basically says, everybody is running a race. Therefore, choose to run your race that you might win. Shout win. 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 Say it like a victor. Win. win. Say it like we're going out on a football field. We're going to win. Yeah, come on, somebody. It's the Super Bowl, and you're on the winning side, and we're going to go out there. We're going to dominate the enemy every time. Because his destiny, written by God, is to lose, and mine is to win. I am an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. The Lord is on my side. He refreshes me every day. Even in my weakness, I am made strong, and the joy of the Lord is my strength. Today, I am a winner. Hallelujah. And as a man thinketh, so is he, baby. Come on. Look around the room and a bunch of winners right now. I even got a tattoo artist here waiting outside the doors. We're going to tattoo winner on everybody's arms. It's official, baby. Got my ink down at the river. Uh. Let me tell you, and on this note, grab this, and I'm wrapping up. It's one, two, three, four. I love that time. Every time... You're feeling sorry for yourself. Every time you're feeling inadequate, every time you feel like a loser, you're listening to the devil. 
That is never coming from the Holy Spirit, and it is never coming from the Word, and it is not God's opinion about your life at all. Every time you feel that way, recognize, wait a second, it's like opening the door to the losing team and letting them come in and try and discourage you before the battle. No, I'm not listening to that anymore. I'm sick and tired of feeling sorry for myself. I'm a winner because Christ Jesus' blood flows on the inside of me. Oh, come on, somebody. I am a conqueror, and I am an overcomer, and I'm running that I might win my race. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. But watch this. If to run to win, it says, run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. To be a winner, to walk in destiny, you've got to walk in self-discipline. Your biggest enemy is not the devil, because he's defeated and he's a loser. Your biggest enemy is yourself that wants to quit, that wants to throw in the towel, that wants to feel sorry for itself, that wants to play patty cake in the corner, that wants someone else to do it and someone else to pay the price. No one else. <laughs> Pastor Caleb, you just don't know what I've been through. Bro, I could cry with you for hours. It's like that saying says the guy's standing on a bridge, about to jump off, end his life. Pastor sees him, pulls over. The guy tells him his life, and the pastor says, That's nothing. Listen to what I've been through. Pastor shares his whole life with this man, everything he's done through in the ministry. 20 minutes later, they both jump. <laughs> so encouraging today, Pat. With that note, go rejoicing. Hope you make it till next week. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> you got you to you discipline yourself. You got to deal with you. You got to deal with your attitudes. You got to deal with your thought life. You got to deal with your discipline of your life, your stewardship. You have to discipline yourself. The devil's defeated. He's a loser. You can't blame him every day for what he's doing because he's already lost. Plus, he doesn't even have the resources to focus on you every day. He's got limited resources. Our God in heaven has unlimited resources. So if there's anybody paying attention to you today, it's not the devil. It's the Lord thy God Almighty that looks down from heaven and has declared great and glorious and spectacular things over your life. Ah! Woo! Jesus. That's who you are and that's what's available. To believe in destiny is to believe in the goodness of God, the reward of heaven for those that diligently seek him with all of their heart, with all of their mind, with all of their strength, and they stay focused. And they don't let the naysayers, the mockers, the fools come and drag them away. They don't let the devil bombard their mind and become discouraged. And they don't let their heart remain unchecked. They deal with them. And they discipline themselves. And by disciplining, they grow. And as they grow, their destiny unlocks more and more. There are levels in the kingdom of God. And to get to another level isn't just brought about because you waited long enough. It's brought about because you went through the process. 
You trusted God. You followed his word. You honored his word. You brought that word deep in your heart. You meditated on it day and night. You confessed it over your life. You let the word sever the soul and the spirit and get deep on the inside of you so that you're walking by your spirit, man. And then when you're walking right, God blesses you. I'm going to ask for every head bowed and every eye closed this great Sunday morning. A day of great, joyous announcements. God's hand is on the river. God's hand is on your life. Do you believe it? Say amen. I want to ask you a quick question. Are you here right now? Do you know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt if you were to die today that heaven would be your home? If you don't know for sure, you say, Pastor Caleb, I want to believe in Christ. I want to